Right away, Tony asked me a question. He's like, I need your honest opinion. Can you be honest with me? And he said, what do you think of my shirt? And I said, honestly, it's the ugliest shirt I've seen in my life. And he started laughing so hard. We'll have a plan. And then at the very last minute, it's always you that decides, yeah, let's not do that plan. Let's do something different. It used to bother me more. And I think I just kind of go with the flow. Am I sensing conflict? Maybe. (laughs) Take a girl and a guy, and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Please check us out online at couplesynergy.com or on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Couple Synergy. And please subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. Keep in mind that this podcast is broadcasted live every Monday at 6 p.m. Central Time or 7 p.m. Central Time, depending on whether we get it out in time on Facebook, YouTube and LinkedIn. So join our discussion with questions or just to say hi. And now on the couple synergy and in-depth look at love, marriage and relationships, where we bring your experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 25 years. Every day we get to hear intimate details about a couple's celebrations, disappointments, and everyday challenges. We've often wished these stories were shared because we are more similar than different. So we've created not only an avenue where people can talk about their intimate lives, but an atmosphere where people come over to our home pub, pour a drink, and share their stories. People like today's guests, Sarah and Tony, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. This is a special treat because... I have known Sarah for a very long time since high school. And I guess I met you, Tony, back during that time too, briefly. So, you know, thanks guys for being on the podcast. This is going to be awesome. It's our pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, before we get into your relationship story, why don't you guys tell us and our audience a little bit about yourselves? How old are you? How long have you been together? And what do you do for a living? All right. Um, I'm Sarah and I am newly 51 years old. And I, uh, I actually have had the honor and the privilege to be at home with my kids when they were younger. They're now in their 20s and grown and flown. I actually have been uh, for the past 12 years, I was in the behavioral health and weight loss industry as a weight loss coach for Weight Watchers. And recently um, I left that that position and I have a keep me busy job, as I call it, just working at our local Athleta. Love it. I'm, uh, I'm Tony. I'm 59 years old. I have been in the pet business, the pet industry, for about 38 years. I've worked for two different companies um, in the, the pet industry for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. A lot longer than we've known each other. Can you tell us the story of how you met? Well, that's an interesting one. When uh, when you, Ray, when you said that you wanted to hear how we met, it's uh, it's always been a pleasure to tell that because it was actually a fluke meeting. 
you need a little backstory before um, you hear how we met. First, with Tony's job, what have you done your whole career in oh, the pandemic? Yes. So I, I've traveled those 38 years um, every month, two to three weeks a month, up until the pandemic, every single month mm -hmm. for all those years. Our whole relationship when we first met, and of course, when we were married up until the pandemic was basically the schedule would be, he would leave on a Monday, get back on a Thursday, or he'd leave on a Tuesday, get back on a Friday. Sometimes he'd be gone on weekends too. So he happened to be flying from the West Coast to the East Coast. Home was New York at the time. I was living in the Chicago suburbs in Wilmette where my I was living with my parents. And it was truly a fluke thing. It was July 3rd, 1992. And in the town where um, I was living, um, like a lot of the towns in Chicago, because Chicago has July 4th set for their fireworks and celebrations. So a lot of the surrounding towns do it on different days. Well, in Wilmette, on the lakefront, they always do it on July 3rd. I had some plans that I was looking forward to that fell through. So at the very last minute, I caught a ride with my parents down to the lakefront. And I figured that I might bump into a friend or someone and leave my parents and uh, watch the fireworks, have fun, just hang out. And uh, my parents were meeting up with some friends of theirs. And along came this guy. Yeah, so I I was supposed to fly from the, from Los Angeles back to JFK. And then I was, I have an uncle that lives in Chicago. And he said, why don't you just spend the weekend with me? Because... I was coming back on that Monday back to Chicago. So I said, what the hell? I got nothing else to do. I'll spend the weekend, um, July 4th with my uncle. And uh, I happened to go to this um, event, yeah, was, yeah, uh, the concert symphony and, the and all this show, stuff yeah. with my uncle. And uh, that's where I met Sarah. So immediately, um, I felt really sorry for him that he was. <laughs> oh my God. I know what you're going to go. You're going to go with the clothes. Well, no, not yet. No. So like right away, I was like, let's pop, you know, let's, let's, uh, you know, let's get out of here. Tell you what, why don't I show you the boats? Because there's a harbor there in Wilmette, right there near the Baha'i Temple. It's beautiful. If you ever have a chance to go see it. And then we just started chatting right away. Uh, Tony asked me a question. He's like, I need your honest opinion. Can you be honest with me? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm honest. And he said, what do you think of my shirt? And I looked him up and down at his whole outfit and everything. You should have. Yeah. yeah, that would have been good. And I said, honestly, it's the ugliest shirt I've seen in my life. And he started laughing so hard. And you remember what you said? I, I you're like, oh, well, that's all right, because it only cost it, a dollar. It cost me a dollar. I didn't have any clothes, so my uncle had to take me to what, Gurney Mills. Yeah, so it's not, so I, I was in a suit, decided the last minute connecting in Chicago to, to stay the weekend instead of going to New York and coming back. So I had to go buy some clothes. So I bought some jeans, the whitest sneakers you've ever seen, and the ugliest shirt on the I'm planet. Sure. But it was a dollar. It was in the clothes. You know, I was only going to spend, you know, two days there. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so I'll try to finish finish the long story up. Um, basically, we we enjoyed each other's company, got ice cream. We went back. We're like, all right, the parents are probably looking for us. 
go back to the band shell and we're sitting there. And at the time I was a camp director for um, the park district. And one of my campers was sitting right in front of us. And she kept looking at me and saying, Sarah, is that your boyfriend? And I was like, oh, you know, this is Tony. And no, we just met today. And he kept, she kept staring back at him. And finally she said, Tony, are you going to marry Sarah? And I was just horrified. I was so embarrassed. And do you know what? And I said, I, said, I just might. Yeah. Did you, did you feel that or were you just sort of? Playing. I don't know, but I can tell you 30, 30 years later, 31 years story. later, it, makes it happened. Story. So yeah, but it's 1000% true. Yeah. It was, that's, that's what happened. Mm -hmm. when, when did you know that this was your person? Oh gosh. Well, I don't know. Like immediately, even though he lived in New York, uh, he came back to see me. He made sure that he scheduled every single flight that he could to come through Chicago. Mm -hmm. So we saw each other probably every other week. And then just a few weeks later after we met, you invited me to be your date at a friend's wedding in Los Angeles. Yep. And that was kind of a big risk for me. And I was like, all right. And I think it was there because I just remember having this one day an overwhelming sensation of being very comfortable. I think that's, that's what it was. I just felt really comfortable with you. So you, you guys did a long distance relationship for quite a while. Not that long. Not just maybe year, a year, a little over a 14 year, fourteen months, something yeah. like that, fourteen or fifteen. But yeah, I mean, it was. It was I told you I traveled so much; it was actually pretty easy. I just connected in Chicago, you know, every time I was, uh, you know, going somewhere, which was really I'm a big, I was a big American Airlines guy, so. American or United, right? You guys know Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're United peoples. What was it about your partner that you fell in love with? That's for you. Oh, that is for me. That's for you. You know, when I very first met her, it just she's I think still to this day she's beautiful. It's just very classy, very even keeled. I mean, just her demeanor is the best on the planet. Always has been. It just felt right. I, I. I wish I could tell you that I know this is why you do it, but it just, I don't, I can't put my fingers on it, but it just worked and she's wonderful. She, she always has been. She always has been. I think we were both different than what we grew up with too. Well, what do you mean? Like for me, like you were different than what I knew. I grew up, I'm the only girl in a family of seven. I have four brothers and lots of male cousins and Tony, you know, you were just different, just different. Okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> so what happens after 14 months? You, you guys are kind of dating as you're flying in and out of Chicago and kind of meeting up. And so what, how does the relationship transpire after that? 14 months we were married. What's it? Yeah, well, we were met July. We were married in October of '93. October. Oh, so yeah, you're October right. October of '93. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And we were trying to remember when we were engaged the other day. <laughs> it was somewhere between <laughs> February of '93 and maybe April of '93. We were just talking. Our oldest daughter uh, was <laughs> engaged. Justice. Justice. Just just three days, four days ago, and we were talking about. Uh, our engagement and when it happened 
and we couldn't remember the day of the month. We remember obviously how it happened and yes. what have you, but it's how did it happen? Well, that story's never been shared. And if our daughters listen to us, we can't share it because yeah, we've never shared it with them. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Secret engagement story. Okay. Oh yeah. So, so I graduated college in 94. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was, uh, you know, did you have any concerns as far as getting married so so young? I, so, well, so young. So young. Yeah. Well, um, I I suppose so, but it just felt right. I was kind of at a point where, and I remember one. Well, I mean, our relationship, as long distance as it was, we spent a lot of time on the phone, like hours and oh hours. My God. Oh my yeah, gosh! Was, we had to pay for long what, distance. AT and T, those guys, they owe me a refund because <laughs> <laughs> what the phone bills used to be. Yeah. I, I got one. No kidding, it was nine hundred and eight dollars. Wow. Uh, for a phone bill. I think it's when I put up the yeah. Christmas tree or something. But yeah. anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was a whole entire day. Yeah. But I remember okay. one conversation once um, with me and Tony, you know, just a few months in. Basically, he was he was ready to settle down and he knew I was the one. And, and I was like, oh, but I'm still so young. And But it was, all right, either, either you're it or you're not. And I was like, I just felt like I needed to be all in and it was just the best risk that I ever took because it's really paid off. You know, we hear that a lot. Like people ask us like about timing, about ages, about all that stuff. And there is no, no rule. It is. What do you feel? And um, there's some people look really great on paper and don't make it. And other people don't look so great and they make it. So who's to say? Oh, yeah. I mean, at our wedding, I remember so many of my mother's friends or aunts and they would hug me in the, that reception line you used to have to do. They're like, oh, but yeah. you're so young. You're so young. It didn't really feel like it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. How did that feel? You know, was that a, a common sentiment, you know, amongst family that you were you were so young not, to get not, married? Not with my parents. Okay. I don't know if your parents ever said anything about you? Yeah. No. And I was yeah. three months shy of thirty, so. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think. I think maybe your brothers might have been a little weird about it. Yeah. She got four older brothers. That was a lot of fun for me, even <laughs> in that short courting period. It's like. Yeah. Uh, uh, where are you going, had, buddy? He actually <laughs> Tony passed the test. When um, one of my brother's cats was hit by a car in front of our house and killed, mm. and Tony actually helped, uh, he grabbed the shovel and he helped bury the cat in the backyard. And I think that's when you got the A-OK. Wow. <laughs> uh, you know, I have to help bury my brother's cat. And he was like, listen, I'm, I'm not saying anything. I'm just going to help here. Gene has six brothers. Oh, man. Oh, my God. And you didn't even meet some of them till uh, the till day the, before we got married. the night before. And <laughs> they were kind of like, uh, you picture sons of anarchy <laughs> and they drove Harleys and, you know, they're, they're pretty rough guys, but I was able to fit in somehow. So you know exactly what I went through. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly what I went through. I do. And I our do. youngest son's getting married next week. Our youngest son. On, on Thanksgiving. On, on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, so we will be 
coming into the Chicagoland area to uh, head out to Vienna. Absolutely. That's where they're getting married. Terrific. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Wow. Well, thanks. So, you know, we get a lot of questions about this um, long distance relationship type stuff and your whole marriage, you were traveling most of the week. How did you guys uh, stay connected? What are, are there any things that you guys did or made up that helped you guys through that time? That is so funny. I thought you were going to put together and you, maybe it's coming. But so do the math, right guys? You know, when we're married for 30 years, COVID came, I traveled every bit, but I told you that amount. And suddenly there's no more trips. There's no more hotels. There's no more escaping when I needed to escape me getting out of her way when she needed me out of her way. I was in this office just it just suddenly screeched to a halt and man was that weird and i remember saying well we're gonna find out what how much like? you really care for me because i was gone again monday through thursday tuesday through friday tuesday through friday monday every single week two with the exception yeah. you know two to two weeks or so a week out of every month for years. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll take it back to like when we were first married and, and mostly like when I first had, you know, young daughters, you know, little ones and play groups and stuff. And I always got from the other moms and from other people I'd meet. Oh, poor you, Sarah, your husband's gone all the time. He's traveling. Don't you worry, you know, that, you know, that he'd be unfaithful or, um, you know, that, you know, your relationship isn't, you know, what it could be because you travel so much. And I always had a completely different view of it. <laughs> we always used to say that we always missed each other and we truly did. And I think that was just made our relationship so strong because we always looked forward to talk to each other on the phone. You know, we always looked forward to seeing each other again when Tony came home. And I have to say that for someone who traveled as much as he did, like you called I me always multiple called. times. I was really a day. good about that. I multiple times a day. So much so that sometimes it was like, oh my gosh, he's calling me. I, I figured, did I have the bag phone then? I think or you did. Yeah. And then like, you know, the other phones with the with it, it was like a it was like you were a satellite, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. And now, you know, if we had this, I, I don't know that it would be the same because because people because, because well you're, but you're able to FaceTime, which I wish we had well, when the girls were little. But, have, but I know, but I think it's so important because still even to this day, our no, you know what? There wasn't a phone because I had a beeper and I had to beeper. go. I'd have to go find a, a payphone. Yeah, I used to have to get sure. your hotel numbers and then, yeah, yeah, and then, and then hotels stopped letting me get through because if I didn't know your room number. Anyway, yeah, yeah. anyway, but. That's interesting because we've also talked to couples who were married, you know, 65 years and they, their, their whole courtship was correspondence by writing letters. Cause one of them was like in the military or something. And I think that does do something to a bond that's different than just kind of letting things happen, which is what a lot of people are doing now. You know, they sort of go, well, my lease is up, so let's move in together instead of like, I love you. I want to commit to you. Let's get engaged. Let's get married. And they're like, eh, let's see how this goes. And then they get engaged and they're engaged for like eight years or something. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. And, and those are really definite uh, relationship behaviors that feed the relationship 
because you have to make an effort like calling, right? It's not just like, oh, I'm coming home from work. Yeah. It's still our best form of communication. Literally, the second you leave the house, even if you're just running to the store, he, he calls me like before he's even out of the neighborhood. And that's when, when we when we have our conversations. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's it's interesting because your relationship the entire time, I mean, that's what you were signing up for. You knew that your job it. demanded that you were going to be gone. And so that was the expectation. And so you guys had to make that work, right? I think a lot of couples have that difficulty when maybe their, their job is regional and then they get another job and now travel is part of it. And it's hard for them to make that, that shift. I think dead on correct. The fact that she knew I did this, had been doing this. I think it just made it, it's like, it's part of the, it's part of the deal. And I, I, you know, I think I remember telling you, Sarah, that, you know, this is what I do. Well, we this made, is what we got to do. We yeah. made so many decisions before. I mean, in here, we were married 14 months later, but we made so many life decisions. Like before we were married, we knew that if we had children, if we were blessed with children, that I would stay home no matter what we had to do. And I've always considered Tony's job my job. Not that I <laughs> would know how to do what he does, but, you know, there's a lot of, what? No, I'm just trying to think There's, what you said, but that, yeah, that, my job. I, yeah, well, because we've talked about like, I do my job so that you can do your job really, really well. Oh, no question. Right? Without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. No, no drama, no concerns. You just, you just made it very easy. Like, it, like I said earlier. But you made it easy even too. Keel, like, he would be gone all week kids are little and uh you know i would know that the first thing and he'd have back-to-back -back weeks of traveling the first thing he wanted to do was just come home and be at home and be with his kids but he would always be like you've been at home with the kids all this time let's let's go out to dinner you're like no 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 you want to you know let, let's just stay home he would be so adamant no we need to go out let's go out so, so you guys were a trad couple before it became a fad again what is that? What is that? Yeah, like, what is that? Educate us. Traditional <laughs> couple, traditional, oh. kind of traditional marriage and everything. It's oh, all yeah. the labels today. Oh. Now that now there's kind of this this fad coming back where you know traditional couples are are now you know in in high regard. Like people are going back to this you know stay at home mom and you know the the guy works and and takes care of the family provides and it's like this swing right in a, in our society and culture now coming back mm -hmm. and the dual income i I, right. think, I think it's great you know, raging we 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 agreed to do this we just we agreed to do this as we talked about getting married and then when we were married but this is what we're going to do with three years of before we had children and it's just what we agreed to do and i have zero regrets you did all the work. You did an incredible job. The and worst part is I have that no you regrets. did a really good job. What do you mean? Well, because our kids are not here. Yeah, that stinks. But yeah. <laughs> Well, I want to hear about this part. So towards the end of your pregnancy, he's traveling. Were you worried about if he was going to make it to the birth? Were you at the birth? Oh, of course. Yeah, I absolutely was. He yeah. was. Yeah. But really, you probably cut it pretty close to the end. I remember we had, well, I just we had some codes for the beeper. 
like yeah. it was an emergency. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, our first was born on a Monday, yep. so that was easy. And the second one was Tuesday, and you just happened to be home. I think she they were both overdue, so he was kind of hanging around. No, I wasn't going to miss that uh, under zero okay. circumstances. Although with that. the second one, um, he did go to his grandmother's to go to funeral, a, a funeral, and yeah. I was already overdue, and everyone was upset. His mom was like, oh, you can't come. Sarah's going to have the baby. And like I knew in my head that I could drive myself to the hospital with a toddler in the back by myself, I was like, "Don't worry." I was I was gone for sixteen hours or something. It like, wasn't I'll be that. Fine. I I'll drive around, myself. Anyway. How was that for you, Tony? You know, there there are long periods of time during the week that you're not interacting with your kids. You know, were you? Was there any regret about missing maybe like first steps or you um, know, first words and things? Uh, yes. To, to to this to this moment, there are things that I wished I could have been around for but our agreement and the the work that i did allowed us the lifestyle that we have and had and that was the trade-off and again i would do it all over again even missing some of the things that i did but sarah got to be part of every every one of those moments and i have Everybody says it. I have the most wonderful daughters in the world because of Sarah. And I would not undo any of that. But yes to this. I guarantee you a week ago, I said to Sarah, I, I really wish that things could have been different because I feel that now our daughters have grown. They live, you know, six hours, five hours from here. And I miss them every single day. And I can't, I can't get enough of them when I see them. And that's probably related to the fact that I, I did miss so much. But I would do it all over again. I, I hope you would, too. You don't have to answer that. I had a really fun time. So how was it when COVID hit and all of a sudden you guys are for the first time in the same space for longer than like three days at a time? Well, I have to say for me, I was always worried because I was so used to him traveling all the time. And like I said, missing each other that I was always worried about one day when retirement happened. <laughs> so honestly, we got to experience that way ahead of time because truly it was like retirement. You know, all of a sudden my husband was home every day. Fortunately, when we moved to Virginia from New York, Tony established, you're here in his office right now with all of his albums. Uh, and he had already kind of established his office here. So when he was home, he would, he would work from home. Like people learned how to do during the pandemic. He just had to learn how to work from home every single day. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So we have a little separation here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times, you know, if you have kind of like a divorce situation where a kid is moving from one home to the other, there's like this transition period where it's hard for them to, you know, they, they kind of are easing into being back at home again. Right. So I, I was just wondering if that was a similar thing that you guys experienced when you would come home from from uh, travel would there be kind of like this transition of easing back into the swing of things of being together before having to ship out again? 
Oh, you know what? It was such a short, it was such a compressed period. So, you know, again, often coming home on Friday and it, or it could be, er, you know, early, early Saturday morning and then having to leave, you know, Monday morning at, you know, 4.30 in the morning. And it just, right. It just, it just worked. And it was a, we were slamming things into the weekend, just trying to spend as much time yeah. as possible. And, but it just, it just worked. Well, the sports and the dance were said, oh, you used to throw me off. If he happened to come home early during the week, he thought it was the greatest thing if he took our girls to dance class. And that would throw me off just because the girls. Because you had a schedule. But I, yeah, I, I, you know, I have had a whiteboard on my refrigerator. What, what, what do I always say? Yeah, if, check it the whiteboard, yeah. if it doesn't make the whiteboard, it's not going to get done. We've got a calendar. We have a grocery list. We have. We have a monthly calendar. We have a weekly calendar. We have the menu plan. Right, I think it was more so a transition for Sarah and our daughters because I'd come home and be disruptive for sure. Yeah. yeah. Just but, disrupt the routine. That yeah, it's the routine. Yeah, not, not like, yeah, <laughs> nothing detrimental. Well, I, I didn't see it as detrimental, but well, definitely we, disruptive. We would because, have to hurry up and wait rather than just doing what we're going to do. We'd have to hurry up and wait for you. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What, yeah. what were some of the, what were some of the, the most challenging times, you know, over the course of 30 years of being together? Challenging? Hmm. You know, that makes me think of, uh, so Chloe? I guess so. when we first, but that's yeah. not related to that's just working us. it out. That wasn't yeah. challenging. Um, I don't know. That just makes me think ranging that. So last, last year, last October, Tony had the, uh, honor of being the, what was it? The officiant of his goddaughter's wedding. And so he had to, we had a lot of discussions a year ago. That's why I thought this would be kind of similar um, about marriage and what he wanted to say to the bride and groom. Of course, the bride and groom probably don't remember a thing that he said. And one thing we've always said. Is yeah, it's, it's not work. It's, it's, it's never it's truly never been work. I, I know it sounds and weird. People will tell you that marriage is hard work, but if it, marriage is really hard work, then something's not right. From our perspective, it's we, our, it's just never been that difficult. Because you pick up the slack, you do all the things, right? Yeah. We do. We joke a lot, too. We, that we do. Yes. There's yes. a lot of uh, teasing that goes on uh, in this family and even just amongst uh we fail now. each other all the time right that's what yeah <laughs> guys i just say we fail each other like well no i fail you no you fit no yes you did fail me <laughs> wait i i failed you anyway, yes you did fail yes me. it's an ongoing skit we have yeah, and man. i our kids are so tired of it but <laughs> As as it's really a gene now too. So so obviously you know marriage is not all sunshine and rainbows, and c couples are supposed to and have conflict that is uh, inevitable in every relationship, right? What did you guys learn about conflict and conflict resolution, you know, mm. in your relationship, and and maybe you know some of the things that you learned that you didn't learn from your caregivers and your upbringing so i think probably the biggest conflict and moment where we had to think differently and it was early on in our marriage 
was with my parents. Oh man. Cool. So there is yes, that's actually yes, yes, conflict there. Yes, You're absolutely conflict. right. Yes. Parents staying too long. And you know, <laughs> when they're your parents and you grow up with them and you just don't think anything different, you don't even think about, oh yeah, mom, dad, come stay for two weeks. Not even yeah, that was kind of early on. We, yeah. we had some that was conflict mm. a couple of times. Mm. A couple of times. Yes. Yeah. Hope your dad doesn't listen to this. You know what? He, I sent him a picture of Paige's ring today, and yeah. he still doesn't know how to text. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. My parents, they, they don't know how to access the podcast, so you know, I talk about them all the time. Sometimes we even have them on, and they don't know it. Right, they don't yeah. even know they're on it. It was right. tough, and at that point, like, Tony was my mom's best friend when we were engaged, and really when we were first married but it was the first trip where she had one of those moments where instead of complimenting us on our house or whatever she started in with the oh you should do this and this is the way things should be really kind of doing the mom thing doing the mom thing doing, that's exactly yeah. what i was going to say and yeah. it just did not sit well with tony and that really um opened my eyes opened my eyes to see how I was brought up in a different way and really change the trajectory of my life and how I wanted to bring up my family. Yeah, it is very interesting to do the shift from being the mom to being the grandma. Yeah. And letting your adult children be who they are and and not momming them, right. which has just been natural but their whole lives. Oh, right, right. It's so yeah. funny with, with our daughters. I've always kind of <laughs> tried to be open yeah. and honest and uh, have a good flow of communication. Um, one thing I, I always said, I, I always told them what they could expect when they were little. And I always thought that was really important mm -hmm. as being a parent. But um, I also, especially nowadays, when I know that I hear myself, because I try really hard in that whole background of being a behavioral health coach, I, I learned a lot from that. Um, but I hear that voice. And before I even say it to them, I'll say, all right, guys, I just want to give you a warning. I'm going to mom you right now. You can take <laughs> it what it's worth. But I know that that's what I'm doing. And they usually just, they'll either be like, oh, mom, or they'll just laugh at me because I already know what I'm doing. You know, Ray, just one thing I want to comment about the, the conflict thing, because, you know, we went to well, my in-laws and her parents, but there's, there's nothing, even as traditional as we are from how we, who did most of the caregiving and what have you, when it comes to doing things and things that need to be done, there's never been, you know, you do that and I do this and you do that and I do this. I mean, there are some things that she's certainly better at than I am uh, from, a, you know, getting things done. And meanwhile, fixing th fixing anything, I'm holding the flashlight for. So I, I, I don't need to, you know, I can do it. I'm holding the flashlight so that she can see to repair something. But I even you know, have a theme song. Even Mrs. <laughs> Fix-It. It, even... From a conflict perspective or what could cause conflict, we really just it's if it's gotta be done, let's get it done. It doesn't matter who does it, mm -hmm. just just get it done. Let's try, 
I, I could tell you we both have always tried to leave a drama-free life. It's just drama does no one any good. I grew at up with any a lot time, of drama. Under any circumstance, any time, any place, drama does nothing for no one. Mm -hmm. My perspective. Our perspective. perspective. Your perspective. My perspective. Our perspective. Yeah, and I think that's sort of maybe even an, an innate thing because we're like that. We just get done what needs to get done, and we don't really – even very early on in our relationship, we didn't really talk about it. Like even packing somehow one of us brought the toothpaste and one of us brought the whatever else, you know, and we didn't even think about it. And we always are like that too. just get done. What needs to get done? Well, many times in, in a relationship, if you know, there is this, you do this or you need to do that. There is more of an indication of a power struggle that is going on you know, versus a couple who is coming together as a team, then that team approaches, all right, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to take care of this. And, you know, in that way, you're both making sure that what needs to get done gets done, you know, versus having to tell your partner what needs to be, that needs to get done. That creates a power differential and now there's an authority over one, right? So, that, that doesn't surprise me, you know, the fact that you guys kind of worked really well as a team. Obviously, you would not have been able to navigate being away from each other, you know, for so long and so consistently if you weren't able to work as a team. We're firm believers in birth order, too, though. So <laughs> to, to talk more about that, what do you mean? So Tony's uh, firstborn and I'm a lastborn. Okay. Really well. And how does that play out in your relationship? Um. Well, as I, as I hold the flashlight when she fixes things, <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty go with the flow because not only am I the no doubt. baby, but I was born 10 years after my next youngest sibling. So, um, I pretty much just had to do what everyone else did or said. I never even really talked a whole lot when I was younger. It was actually Tony that brought out all the talking at me. So you're almost like like an only child because there was such a huge. Oh, you know what yeah. I thought about lots of parents. But so yeah, so um, yeah. That's so if good, you if you read point. anything about birth order, when you have a big gap like that, you still have that like last born, like I am. But I also have some firstborn tendencies. So someone who might not necessarily get along with a firstborn and their triple A personality, I understand that. But yet I'm easy going. Like I understand he wants the list and he wants to check the list off. And I enjoy lists and checking lists off myself. But I'm also pretty easy going. Whereas Hurry. we'll have a plan, right? Oh, to yeah. do something. And then at the very last minute, it's always you that decides, yeah, let's not do that plan. Let's do something different. But I'll be like, but the plan. So I used to bother me more. And I think I just kind of. Go with the flow. Am I sensing conflict? Maybe. <laughs> I think it's just, you know. Right? It's just interesting, you know, how, how dynamics play out in every relationship. And every relationship is unique to its own, you know, and how couples navigate the the challenges of life is is always interesting, right? Because when it comes down to it, it's just the two of you behind closed doors and you guys have to figure out you know, how you're going to move through life and move through life together. Yeah, I, I was wondering if your relationship, if your marriage started out where you were not traveling 
Tony, and you had kind of a nine to five job where you were at home all the time. How do you think things would have been different? Uh, great question, but I, who can say? Yeah. And you know what? I, again, my regrets are not having been around with the, with the kids. I could tell you how it would be different because I have thought about it. Now, and really, it all comes down to the kids, right? Yes. Yeah. Tony, that's one of his biggest re regrets is not being around for the kids. But they really never felt it because... You're sweet. You always say that. Because you always say that. call you right after yeah. the award ceremony or the game yeah. or the recital or whatever. But um, how it would be different is I don't think Tony would be as engaged a father when he was around. Because you think about it. You hear about, and it can happen with moms too, but you're around your kids all the time. And, you know, when you come home from work, you just want to decompress from work and you don't want to be playing with the kids. Like he literally, he would come home from traveling from the West Coast to the East Coast. He'd be flying a red eye. It wouldn't matter. And it was all about his daughters. And like he, he said, he packed everything in. Like when he was there, he was a fully um engaged dad and i mean i don't think they ever felt you not present when you were in their presence you always say that i'll always regret it but thank you for that uh, i'll so tell it's, you it's really about quality right quality versus quantity yeah. then most definitely yeah whereas they you know in my mind i think i was with them all the time which i actually love and you know but in the heat of the moment when, you know, you've got two kids there that are sick and you're sick yourself and you got one under your arm and the other's throwing up and, you know, you're just like, oh, my gosh, this is awful. Like, I would I would do it again in a heartbeat. The, yeah, there was the time I didn't come home for the hurricane for the, for the hurricane oh, because yeah. I was at the Miami Heat playoff game, yeah. which didn't go over well. But that's other than that. Yeah, I've yeah, tried to. Yeah. Yeah, this most stressful times in our lives when we've been preparing for um, hurricanes, hurricanes. And I've always taken Tony's lead because he gets this sense and he's like, for all the hurricanes that come across the East Coast every year, it's like he always knows which one is going to be the one. Um, he got that same sense and feeling just before the world closed down, before the pandemic. <laughs> I was um, doing some promotional work in Los Angeles for Weight Watchers, and I was flying home from Los Angeles. You were on a trip, and I think we knew that everything was going to shut down, or I didn't because I had been in, like, my own little world. And um, he called me when I got into my Uber once I landed at home, and he said, hey, um, I know it's like 11 o'clock at night right now, and I don't expect you to go to the grocery store right now, but I need you to wake up really early in the morning and buy every single grocery you can possibly buy and pack our freezer and our refrigerator like you've never packed them before for a hurricane. And I was like, okay. <laughs> we just, we have, nope, yeah, we nope. trust our guts a lot. Yeah, so. You know, I was a single mom before I met, Ray, and when you know that you have to do something, you kind of do it. And I think when, if both parents are there, I think that's where you get to be like, well, how come you're not holding this other kid while this other kid's puking or whatever? You're like, I just have to do this because it's what I do. And I think that eliminates a lot of that feeling of, you know, 
you're over there on the couch and I'm over here doing this and, and that kind of stuff. And to me, it's almost easier if you're on your own and you just know what has to get done and you do it rather than trying to figure out how do you motivate your partner, See, to, your partner to help out. Yeah. yeah. That's a really interesting perspective yeah. and probably spot on how it worked. Yeah. You just do it. Yeah. Just do it. How did you guys move from New York to Virginia? Like what was you know behind that? Um so, so it's American just, Airlines first stopped flying at Islip. Yeah, I don't think that that wasn't the main reason. The main reason was um really the education for our daughters. We started thinking about they were one and three when we moved. So they don't really remember New York, but um, like the song, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere, but it's a pretty hard life. Things are very expensive. Taxes on homes are like mortgage payments all in themselves. And we started thinking about Tony traveling so much and we're like, hmm, maybe we could throw this idea out there. And he had always worked from a home office in New York, well, even while he traveled. And um, we just... You threw it out there to the company you worked for. Yeah. You said, hey, um, I've got, I'd have three airports near me in Virginia and I have two airports in New York and I'm going to make it work. And that's it. We did it. Yep. We just wanted a better quality of life for our daughters. 23 years ago, mm -hmm. 20, 23 years ago. Yeah. So, and they, they, so one of Tony's goals, I know, because he actually was an Air Force brat. Um, I think you guys have a little military, right? Is it Gene? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. He's an Air Force brat, and he never grew up in one school system. Yes, so, that was very um, important that was to me. Very important. So before they started school, we wanted to make sure they started where they could finish. Yeah, I I despised as a as a kid moving every two to four years and. I, I told Sarah, I, I think it helped me in you know my career without a doubt, but I did not want that for my children to, to move constantly. So uh, I'm not that they were going to do it in New York, but just, just all around Virginia was a better place for the family. Yeah. And now we can't wait to leave. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait to leave Virginia. Yeah. We, uh, we would love to, We'd yeah, love I, to retire to where our children are. Yeah, I, I tell you guys, we're I told you, I now. miss I miss the girls so much. And I certainly know you do. Yeah. And we just want to be around the girls. So last question. Oh, what okay. is it that your partner does that you know they love you? Oh, my goodness. You know what, Sarah? You put the coffee cup out for me. Stop. Yes. He, he sends his co our coffee cups out every single night. Like literally, the cabinet is right above the coffee pot, but he brings them down so they're ready. I thought you were gonna say that I'm just very touchy feeling. Oh, oh, well, that's definitely both of our love language is is touch. It's not gift giving at all. Literally, our on our thirtieth anniversary, we gave each other the same card that we picked out at the Dollar Tree together. <laughs> literally, literally a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> we like this card. I like this card. Oh, and yeah, we signed it, it together. We sealed it, and then and then uh, we opened it. Together. We had we opened it together. Oh, you were both there, and you picked the same yeah. card. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly. I mean, it was a Dollar Tree. I mean, it was like had, a dollar, dollar well, twenty-five we for had the a card. Lovely, we, well, 
You know what? How about if you, you set the chef's table? So we have a chef's table in our kitchen, which is basically our kitchen island, but we call it the chef's <laughs> table and it's two stools and it's our favorite place to dine, <laughs> even though we love to go out to eat and we love, we love a good cocktail and we love our red wine. But um, yeah, if you set the, set the chef's table for me, that's, that's nice too. What do I do? What do I do that you know that I love you? Oh my gosh, there. That's so. That's so tough. I, um, I don't. I, I don't know that I could put. Ooh. Oh no. It's gonna be homework then. Oh my gosh, this is every a, guys. Day. You you're ruining you're ruining this marriage. <laughs> I can't put my finger on the exact. Yeah, you're, you're gonna wake up at like midnight. And be like oh, this and this and this and this and this. <laughs> <laughs> this is my one of my COVID projects, so you probably can't see the whole thing, but. And this is not even nearly Tony's album collection, but I thought of this and I really wanted to surprise you, but I just needed him to pick out all of his favorite albums. There are 35 albums, which is only a fraction. And it was really a mathematical problem figuring out how to space all those even like that. that got Genius. The, record, the records aren't in there, are they? Yes, yes. they are. Yes. They're special yeah. frames. Yeah. Special frames that hold the whole entire album and their cover do you still play the album uh no i don't have a turntable anymore that's <laughs> that's how we listen to music is turntable yeah, we have a turntable oh no kidding yeah, yeah. That's, that's fun um it is <laughs> you know it's funny everybody that sees the wall asks me if the albums are in it i find that strange well because yeah, of course they're you in the, the, your 35 of your favorite thing. albums, you can't yeah, play you can't them play. anymore. But anyway, yeah, I don't I don't need to access them because I don't have a turntable anymore. That makes yeah, sense. I'm still listening to my eight-track tape player. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. Actually, you may not even know you're not even old enough for that, are you? Yep. Eight I tracks. Am. Oh, I am, but I'm older than him, so <laughs> I don't remember eight tracks. I just I had to Kenny Rogers and uh Alice Cooper were my two eight tracks. Oh my god, Alice Cooper. <laughs> Led Zeppelin for me. Ah, uh, nice. nice. Well, Sarah and Tony, I want to thank you so much for being on our podcast today. This is uh, really wonderful to reconnect again after so many years. <laughs> it was wonderful. So good to talk to you guys. And congratulations on the wedding. Yeah. Thanks. thanks. Seeing pictures. Yeah. We want to thank all of you for joining us today on Couple Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships in this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you our listeners you know sharing stories has been a way that human beings have been bonding healing and growing since the beginning of time we hope that by you guys sharing your story it's enriched your lives and the lives of our listeners for all of you listening please uh, let us know how you enjoyed the show if you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs, such as Relationship 101, the home study course, the next Couples Relationship Enhancement Weekend, and our premier couples coaching program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. 
voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. Mm-hmm.